turn the gain up a little bit. Yeah. Mostly because I like fiddling I'll, with these knobs. I wanna I wanna turn my gains up a little bit. Get swole, etc. Well, you know, because of the the whole Nazi fighting thing, you know, I feel like I wanna I wanna bulk up so I can be physically intimidating to white supremacists. Yeah, I think you might have less of a problem with neoconservatives in Vermont when you move. Right. Right. Well, I'm saying I want to join the Swoletariat. That's a pretty good joke. Podcast episode 193. I'm Sam Ginsburg, and here is Tyler All right, thank you, Samuel. And this week it's just the two of us, so there's nobody for me to forget to introduce, which is nice. Uh, wow, our guest is really have. offended by what you said. Yeah, well, you know, I, it's kind of my thing, you know, just really offending people with no cause. Wow, it looks like he's uh, pretty pissed off. I'm not even sure he'll say anything. I think he's giving you the silent treatment, perhaps for the whole episode. Oh no, I see what's happening. <laughs> so we have lawsuits, beer buying rules, and more news on the Crowler, maybe our favorite beer invention. And yeah, it's just going to be Sam and I because I'm getting the silent treatment. But what do you have, Sam? So I have a beer. It's a little bit of a throwback. Zach had it last time he was on. It's uh, Elysian Space Dust IPA. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, which sounded good based on his description, although, if I remember, not that good. <laughs> so let me get in here. Oh, I love I love yeah. the head. It's got a very thick, thick layer of foam on there. Yeah, I poured it a little hard, but uh, I, kind of, I kind of liking that I did that because now the um, it's very aromatic now, which I think is right. good for an IPA. Right. Yeah, so I think I've talked about this phenomenon before about how, like, beer quality is relative, and I drink a lot mm-hmm. of beers both on the show and kind of in my general life, which I, I'm kind of hoping are interesting. And so sometimes you get beers that are interesting but gross. Uh, and Absolutely. also, yeah. I've, uh, I've found a lot of beers that are, they kind of just miss the mark. And so I feel like I've had a lot of IPAs lately that miss the mark, and this is a good IPA. And so I'm wondering if, like, I'm biased by the fact that I've had a bunch of shitty IPAs the last couple months. I think I might end up rating this higher than it actually deserves, but this is a good IPA. All right. Well, it might be an against-say beer if we ever do that. Yeah, I think uh, I think this would be appropriate if I've had, like, a, an IPA hot streak to bring it back on. Right. Well, let's see here. I also have an IPA. I have Mad River Brewing, a local brewing company. Um, they're a Tropical, Tropical IPA. And that's just like, it's just a terrible name. Is that like Tropic California? I guess. But let's just get out of the way how bad that name is. It's like not even a pun. Uh, are you sure that uh, it's not just called Tropical? Well, they have a, a hyphen in there. Oh, yeah. I, I was thinking maybe the... The C was capitalized, and that's where you were getting that reading from. A little bit of a camel case there, but right. hyphen, you got to respect the hyphen. Yeah. It's 7.8% ABV. It's uh, kind of dark, in my opinion, and it doesn't really smell like much. 
Hmm. Um, I don't know. It's okay. This is an uh, uh, an okay IPA. I don't know. There's I don't find a whole lot of tropical flavors or really bitterness. You know, I I seem to find it going one way or another with these tropical IPAs. Like I I know there's hop character in there. It's certainly not a pills, for instance. But it's just it's not. Uh, there's really no punch. There's no pizzazz to this. It sounds a little bit more like a, an APA or a pale ale, based on your description. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a pale ale might be a better designation for this IPA. But so it goes. They can't all be winners, can they? Not in my experience. No. Yeah. Okay. Speaking well, of winners. Yeah. Speaking of winners. Uh, the Radicals won their uh, their debut on the road against the Indianapolis Alley Cats. Rad. It was tied up at half. I was getting nervous. But yeah. they, uh, were you there? No, it was on the road, so was, you were not there. It was in Indianapolis, so no, I was not right. there. But they they streamed it uh, online, which was cool. That was my next question. Yeah, I watched it, uh, watched it with three stacks, and then the dog boxed me out, and I didn't get as good a seat anymore. <laughs> oh, Barley. The thing about Barley is he's too cute, so if he inconveniences you and is cute, you don't want to stop him. Sure. It's like crawled sure. up in a little ball. Yeah. When I still lived at home, um, I had a cat and a dog, and they would both sleep in bed with me in such a way that I only had about a quarter of the bed to myself, you know? Yeah. And I could have easily kicked them out, but, I mean, you're not going to do they They're cute little animals. Yeah, every now and then, Barley sleeps in the bed with us, and it's always really cute, but also it sets a dangerous precedent. Sure. And so now we... He has free roam of all of the house other than the bedroom at night. And still sometimes you can hear him, like, yawning or sighing outside the bed, like, or outside the room. Like, he's clearly curled up right outside our door. Like, dog, this, this couch is downstairs. Just go downstairs, <laughs> homie. That's cute. Speaking of dogs, let's go to our first article. Where are my dogs at? From theguardian.com. Brewdog threatened lawsuit against plan for bar with punk in name. And the, the uh, subtitle for this could be, Another Reason That We Don't Like Brewdog Even Though We Haven't Really Tried Their Beer. Yeah, I just, I, I love hating on Brewdog for some strange reason. But um, Brewdog, they, I'm sure longtime listeners recognize them. They are a uh, Scottish brewing company, and they like to, like to think of themselves as rebels, as punks, uh, as people fighting the establishment but it seems like more and more they are becoming the establishment there are two recent legal actions that have cast them in kind of a bad light they they have threatened legal action against a bar that was going to open up called draft punk and Which, I that's, guess, that's a cute pun well it's it's funny because there's actually a draft punk uh pretty near me in Laytonville. it's probably like an hour and a half away and is that also so, a beer bar yeah, yeah. So it exists. Maybe it's the proximity because I think this one was in the UK, as opposed to like you know California. But so it's it, probably. But in the UK, aren't they still closer to? Oh wait, Scotland's part of the UK. Damn it. Never mind. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. But clearly, it's a reference to Daft Punk, which right the which the the owner of the bar specifically points out, you yeah. know, needlessly. And then kind of goes on to say they can't own punk. That's the whole point. It's inherited. It's British culture. I don't really agree with the fact saying it's British culture. Like, 
it started there, but it's, you know, it's transcended Britain, obviously. You uh, can't own punk, man. Well, I can, but that's not because I'm a penniless hippie. Is that from a thing? That's Farnsworth from Futurama. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, like, it's it's so frustrating to see them do this because yeah. it feels like they don't understand the exact concept they claim to represent. Right. And then they had another one where their lawyers sent uh, some threatening letters to a different pub that was going to be called Lone Wolf. Um, I take it they have a beer called Lone Wolf? Maybe, or just because they like dogs or something? I don't know. That seems like a lot of a stretch. Yeah, well, uh, the the owners ended up blaming their lawyers for being quote-unquote trigger-happy. But it's just, you know, it's just another example of them playing hardball in a way that they they claim they don't approve of. I I really don't like that. I feel like even if the lawyers acted without consulting the owners, you yeah. you can't say you can't throw your employees under the bus like that. Like even if they aren't responsible, they still have to claim responsibility. That's what it is to own a business. You're responsible for the behavior of the people that you employ. I completely agree with you, Samuel. Clown yeah. asses. So it's a uh, it's just come on, Brewdog. Get it together, you guys. You know, get your shit together. Very frustrating. Very frustrating. I kind of, um, um, I kind of want to go to Scotland for a few reasons. One, because it seems cool. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of would like to try uh, good scotch because I feel like all the scotch I've had has been shitty scotch because it's expensive out here. So I get right. You can get middle upper tier bourbon for the same price as you can get bottom shelf scotch. So. So yeah. I get bottom shelf bourbon because it's real cheap. (laughs) (laughs) So the scotch I've had has, I haven't liked, but probably has been shitty scotch. So I'd like to try good scotch. And, you know, if I'm out in Scotland, you know, I want to try a bunch of fresh brew dog because all the shit I've had has been skunked to hell. Skunked to hell. Yeah. Well, you know, hopefully they won't sue us for talking shit. But uh, of course they won't. Nobody will ever hear this. Hooray. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's that's our that's our latest hit on Brewdog, and we're done with that. Let's see here, what is going on? What is going on with you, Samuel? Uh, well, I recently had surgery. Did you? Yeah, I I had. So this is the this is a pretty. This is kind of a, a comparable to your story, like your badassitude story about uh, Nazi fighting. Right, right. So this it all started like a year ago or something. Oh, uh, when you thought you were dying? What? Oh, um, oh, my panic attack? Yeah. No, this is totally not involved with that. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I was eating some food, like I do. You know me. Classic. Classic. And I get enthusiastic when I eat my food, and I bit my lip. Oh. You know, that happens sometimes. Yeah. I didn't know you bite your lip. It swells up a little bit, uh, and then it heals, and you go on with your life. But the thing is that, you know, it's, it's swelled up which made it easier to bite accidentally. Oh. So this kept happening. Vicious cycle. Yeah, and then so I went to the dentist, and they were like, hey, it looks like this thing's all swollen up. Like, are you good? And I was like, yeah, it'll heal up. I'm not worried about it. And then six, months, and then six months later, I went to the dentist again, and they were like, this thing looks a little worse than it did last time. Are you good? And I was like, Ugh, probably not. And so I got... Referred to an oral surgeon who cut my mouth open and took a little nubbin out. I guess uh, I had ruptured a salivary gland, which 
it's it's just really not a big deal. It just it kind of sounds gross. Well, it was gross. I mean, they cut me open with a knife. Like surgery is gross by nature. No, I mean just you ruptured a gland. Like, uh, ugh. it's. I mean, it's. Think of it like a, a like a sweat gland. Like it's not. It's not like a huge like. You're making some faces at me now. Quit, quit mugging. It's an audio only medium. <laughs> it it was it was really just. Uh, you know, you probably have like a million of these little shits in your mouth, and I right, ruptured right. one of them, and and it like kind of turned into this. It was almost like a um, a BB, just like yeah. in my mouth, made of flesh and scar tissue. It's like a like a like a mouth pearl. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, now that I'm thinking about it, now that you said that, I should have asked him if I could keep it, but I I didn't think <laughs> to. Made into a ring or something. Yeah. So yeah, they they cut my mouth open, yanked it out, sewed me closed. The operation, it's in, in its entirety, took about 15 minutes, which oh. is about the same amount of time that, like, applying the anesthesia took. <laughs> right. Which uh, was actually kind of crazy, because it was, it was a local anesthetic, which means for uh, our uh, people who are not in the healthcare industry out there, uh, Three Sacks is covering up her head. She doesn't want to hear this part, because it's gross. I, I I had oral surgery once before to get some wisdom teeth removed, and they, that puts you under general anesthesia, which means you're fucking knocked out. Yeah, uh, and this was a, a, a bastard. Right. Yeah, and so pretty much with general, they say countdown from ten, and you get to seven, and then you wake up. Like you don't yeah. notice you're falling asleep, you just wake up, and it's really disorienting. And your mouth is full of galls, and that is also very disorienting. <laughs> um, but that's what general anesthesia is like. And the nice thing about that is you don't know what's happening because you're asleep. With local anesthesia, you know they just pump a bunch of shit into your mouth, and then you sit there while they do the surgery. So, yeah. So, you know, first like my mouth goes numb and they're like asking me questions about where I work and I'm answering them. And it's like getting harder and harder to answer it. Cause I can't feel my mouth anymore. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the doctor comes in and gets to work. And so, so first I see, you know, the scalpel coming at me and I'm like, okay, this isn't for me. Like usually I, um, kind of like to watch people do their thing. Kind of just because I'm, I'm fascinated by skills that I don't have, and surgery okay. is a skill I don't have. So I like to, yeah. like to watch. Uh, three sexes uh, evacuating the Sprinting studio. Sprinting from the room. Yeah, but I saw the scalpel and I was like, kind of psyching myself out. Like it's when I give blood, the same exact thing happens every time. Like I'm like I've given blood 12, 20 times before. Like I'm a seasoned sure. veteran at this. I ain't scared of this shit. And then as soon as the needle comes out, I like get in my own head. And I'm like, oh, fuck, that needle's huge. It's going to kill me. And I, like, I look away, and the needle goes in, and it hurts, like, some, like, not very much. And then I'm like, oh, I got in my own head. Again. Like, every fucking time. And so, like, I even know it's coming, and it still gets me. And then I'm like, this wasn't bad at all. And I look over, and I still, and I see the needle in my arm, and it's not, like, covered or anything. And I freak myself out again. It's like, like, people have needle phobias, and I don't think I have a needle phobia. I think I have a watching myself be penetrated by a foreign object phobia which i think isn't really a phobia because a a phobia is something that you is a fear you shouldn't have yeah it's an unreasonable fear right i'm afraid of heights that's not a phobia i could die you know Right. Uh, so uh three sex is back peeking over the railing so back to the story about the surgery i had and she's gone (laughs) uh so you know as soon as i see the scalpel coming at me i close my eyes and so Narrowing it down, the sense that detects it is not sight, it's not feel, it's sound. Yeah. And it sounds like 
what it sounded like to me was if someone like took some really strong scissors to a piece of leather, like oh, snip, no. snip, snip through it, you know, yeah. which is just like, like I, you know, obviously based on these stories, I'm predisposed to freaking myself out about this kind of thing. So I was like trying really hard, like trying to go to my happy place, like losing my shit. <laughs> like it's only that I can hear it. And I think that part of what really freaked me out was the dissonance. Like I could hear it and I know what they're doing. I know what they're doing and I can't feel it and I can hear it. And I know it's happening. And like, yeah. so that was part of like, you learn as you grow to trust your senses. And I know like cognitively, there's no reason for me to trust my sense of feeling. It's been numbed. That's part of the process, but it's still like really psyched me out, but it really only lasted about 15 minutes and it, it felt way longer, but like I had checked the time. It was only about 15 minutes. <laughs> and then, so, you know, I got, the one time I opened my eyes because I thought they were finished, it was because they were changing the galls out. So I see naturally all like, the blood. Right. So I see a bunch of blood and, ah, and close my eyes again. But you know, I like I got out of there and it's not a big deal. Get a bunch of gauze packed in, and then I went back to work. So like I, I leave work at like ten thirty, get back around one, and just like have an ice pack and a mouthful of gauze, and I'm still numb and like. So, like, people are calling me, and I'm like, I'm not picking that shit up. No one's gonna... Exactly. So I just, you know, I'll let that go to voicemail and deal with it later, pretty much. And then, you know, I felt fine until around two or three, just, it hurt, you know? Because, you know, three seconds back, you're you're good. The gross part's over. And so, you know, this is, it was about, as surgery goes, about as minor as it gets, but it's still surgery. So, like, I got prescribed hydrocodone. Which I like that. I'm not gonna catch that script in. I don't really need that. Tyler, you're nodding at me creepily. Uh, I'm not about that pill life. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I you know I got home and I was like, I could use some ibuprofen. You know, they right. if they're willing to prescribe hydro for this, I think I'm within my rights to to take a basic painkiller and yeah. um, <laughs> rifle the cabinets. Couldn't find it. Three sex was working late, so I couldn't ask her where she had hidden it. Turns out random places instead of in the fucking medicine cabinets whatever that's its own thing and the dog needed a walk and my mouth really hurt so you know what i did did you drink a lot of beer i drank a lot of whiskey oh i was close i was very close the thing about whiskey that i've noticed and this is a little subtle uh it has a somewhat higher concentration of alcohol by volume just a a tiny little bit just a hair so I, uh, you know, I was familiar with that nuance, so I, like, just drank a bunch of whiskey and walked the dog and, like, kind of realized this thing about myself that I'd always, that I'd observed before but never really processed, and it's that... You're apparently part cowboy? <laughs> oh, man, I wish. Oh, now I'm thinking about it. Oh, I'm so into this. It's it's actually that when I'm drunk and there are no other humans around, I talk to myself a lot, <laughs> which is, and almost all the time when that happens is I get drunk with three stacks and she falls asleep, and then... Right. I'm essentially alone because I'm not talking to her. And I've noticed myself talking to myself in that situation before, but it hasn't really dawned on me until I was walking the dog talking to myself outside where, like, people could be. Right. <laughs> and I kept catching myself talking to myself and being like, Ugh, cut that out, and then went back to talking to myself. And then I kind of played it off, like, with myself. Like, I was talking to the dog. Like, I talked to the dog about <laughs> stuff. And, you know, he's, he's a good little boy. He would look up at me like, homie, I don't know what you're talking about right now. I'm a fucking dog. And uh, my mouth still hurts, and it's still hard to eat and drink some things. And I kind of had to drink out of the one side of my mouth that didn't have surgery on it. And uh, I brushed my teeth this morning, and it hurt like hell, and I'm totally not doing it tonight. So do you have stitches on the inside of your lip? 
Yeah, so the thing about oral surgery stitches is uh, they like, they're constructed in such a way that they'll either fall out or dissolve. Oh. Uh, and so I can still feel at least part of it with my tongue. Like maybe part of it dissolved, but I can I definitely know some of it's still there. But it's like, the nice thing is I don't have to go back in in a few days to get the right, stitches right. removed. But yeah, the stitches are definitely still there. Because when I, before I met you back in high school, I had a mole on my chin that the doctors thought might be cancerous. So I had it removed in a similar fashion to you, you know, with the local anesthetic. And what was weirdest to me was the sensation of them pulling the stitches out of my face Ooh. when I had to go back. Yeah, that sounds real weird. Because I could feel, like, I could feel pressure. I couldn't feel pain, but pressure, you know? Did they give you, like, did they give you local again for the stitch removal? Yeah. And it was just like, oh, somebody's loosening up the laces to my face. This is pretty weird, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that does sound real weird. Yeah. Oh, DJ's getting uh, grossed out again. I didn't know we were talking about <laughs> surgery. You gotta trust me. <laughs> Go back to drinking well, your Henry's hard grape. You'll be fine. <laughs> well, I'm glad you got this mouth pearl removed, though. That's good. Yeah, I, it does feel a little silly, just because my mouth is in much worse shape than it was a couple days ago. Yeah. But that if I hadn't gotten it taken care of, it probably would have been my mouth, like, until I died. Right. So I, I'm like, I'm glad to have it out of my system, but I wish that I could see a more immediate return on investment. Sure. If you hadn't gotten it removed, maybe it would have migrated out, like, the front of your lip, which would have been disgusting. Uh, I don't think it would have, based on my interactions with it thus far. No. <laughs> there have been a okay. couple of times that I had bitten it and... Uh-oh. That's so gross. Uh, three sex earmuffs. There have been a couple of times that I had bitten it and clearly... Crunched down on your own lip. Clearly popped something, and then my <laughs> and then my mouth would just fill with a little bit of pus, a little bit of blood. And I just so loud. and I just feel like, well, I gotta swallow this. No other recourse. And so, over the course of the year that I had that, that happened maybe like four times. Too many times. Yeah. Three too many times. Yeah. So once would have been okay, is what you're saying? Well, you have to learn once that it's gonna happen, oh, and okay. then you take care of that biz. Yeah. So, so for frame of reference, there was about six to eight months between the first time I drank mouth pus and when I <laughs> when I told a professional to uh, fix it. That's too long. Too long. Yeah. I think I think really the takeaway here is that I'm a super duper tough guy. <laughs> you know what? If that's what you want to leave us with, fine. As long as we stop talking about your mouth hole. Okay. Okay. Speaking of my something... mouth hole. Uh, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. No, uh, we're going to talk about something that uh, bothers me slightly less than your story just now. And that's this article from Bon Appetit, Seven Rules for Buying Beer at a Grocery Store. Now, I don't like drinking skunked beer. Samuel, I know you don't like drinking skunked beer. You know me so well. We're so simpatico. <laughs> like, one mind, two bodies. Yeah. But I don't – I'm not, like, paranoid that the beer I get is going to be bad, as apparently the author of this article is, because pretty much all of the rules are, like – Make sure it's not skunk. Yeah, so I get that if that's one of your rules. Like, check the bottled by date or, yeah. the, or the best by date or whatever. Like, that is rule numero uno in this list. Yeah, that, that rule is a rule that I can be like, hey, okay, I get you. And then many of the rest of these are kind of extensions of that, which kind of make it seem like this guy 
has an obsession or like thinks skunked beer will cause you to die. Right. Yeah. I like the weirdest one for me is support big business. And he says, if you go to like a supermarket, you know, they turn over more beer. So the beer on the shelf is likely to have been delivered earlier, like, like nearer to the date you're buying it than if you go to like a little liquor store or something like that, because they don't move as many cases. I think that's a weird place to go to, buddy. I think, I think it's half that and half buy beer from large breweries because if more people are buying these things, then they're switching out the stock faster. But the thing is, if you, if you want to, you know, take that logic to be extra careful checking dates when you're buying from a yeah. small store or a small brewery, then, like, I feel like that's a little weird. But f- fine, that, like, that holds some degree of water. But you can't just look at a brewery and be like, they're small. Oh, they're fresh, but they are small, so actually fuck that. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, why not just say, don't ever go except to a tap room? You know, like if you're that concerned, or or only buy bud in cans because it lasts yeah. forever. Yeah, it seems strange to me. So yeah, number one is mind the date, which is reasonable, and then it's when it comes to hops, look for the fridge because hop oils lose their potency in a warm clime. Which is so, which is interesting. It's he's not wrong, but it is interesting. Hops were originally introduced to beer for the purpose of being a preservative. So right. the fact that you're saying hoppy beers are the ones that you have to look out for is a little ironic. Yeah, yeah. And then it says, mix a six, or maybe don't, because single bottles generally hang out on a shelf for longer than six packs. So that can be true, but isn't necessarily. Like at, at Steve's, where I get most of the good beer that I have on here, if they get, like, some cases of something interesting, and usually they'll... Unpack a few cases and put them in the six-pack area, and then a couple of them they'll take out of the six-packs and put in singles in the make-your-own-six-pack area. So for those beers, you know, these all got here at the same time. But if some of the beer in that fridge is shitty, then it could stay in there for a while. So then maybe that's gone bad. And it's and the, the other probably more realistic situation is... If someone puts out six packs and the six packs don't sell, then they say, "Fuck it, we'll put it in the singles fridge and and put them there instead." Yeah. But the same rule applies. Check the fucking date if you think it's yeah. if you think it's gone bad. And then steer clear of the weirdos. It says don't get like odd or interesting beers because probably people won't have bought it, so it's old. But again, just check the date. Make sure when you drink beer, it's not an interesting experience to you. <laughs> yeah. And then here's another really weird one. Talk to the beer person. It says someone's in charge of the beer at your grocery store. They know more about the store's beer operation than you do. Ask them when shipments came in, what beers they're excited about, what's coming in soon, and if there's anything to avoid. And, you know, follow them to their car. Watch them through their windows. Read their mail. Assume their identity. Yeah, I don't know. It's just This guy's fucking weird. Seduce their wife. I'm going to throw a frame bang your way. Oh. And finally, know which grocery store to trust. Again, just check the date. I mean, there are definitely stores that I trust more than other stores. But the golden rule that can override six of the seven rules is the first of the seven rules. Right. Check the date if you're freaked out. And one rule for buying beer at grocery stores. Just just check the date. I actually have, have some of my own rules, if you don't mind. 
please, please. I would say make sure the store is open when you buy the beer. Fair dues. Make sure you are at least 21 if you're in America and you're buying Okay, yep. Make sure you have money if you're going to buy the beer. Corollary, make sure you have uh, money that is accepted in the country you're buying the beer in. Oh, yeah, that's that's a strong asterisk. Yeah. Good call. And so, all of a sudden, despite the fact that these were stupid jokes, we have more okay rules than this guy. <laughs> more legitimate rules than yeah. this guy, yeah. All right, well, yeah, that's good. Cool. I have found that I have a lot more stuff than I thought I had, because Becca and I are packing up. Yeah, that's how leave. moving always is. Yeah. And, well, actually, I completely lie. I pretty much knew how much stuff I have. I'm shocked by the amount of stuff Becca has. And how much of it are you throwing out, and how much of it are you packing up? Um, well, since it's Becca's, I'm throwing out none of it. <laughs> you're I don't not making have that her, authority. You're not making her pack up her own shit? Excuse me? You're not making her pack up her own shit? No, I'm making her pack up her stuff, yeah. Oh, and she's choosing not to throw out any of it. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. I don't have, I don't have, uh, sovereignty over her possession. Right. Right. Because but, you aren't married yet. <laughs> Correct. Then she becomes my property. And her property becomes your property by extension. A- absolutely. I get all of her mules. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like uh, we were we were we were packing today because we have today off together. Uh and it's just just box after box after box. And I have a very small little car and I'm get I'm getting worried. I think you might have to U-Haul some of this, my dog. Well, I hope I don't. I really hope I don't have yeah, to do that. Yeah, a cross-country U-Haul will be expensive. I, I am aware. That's why I hope I don't have to do right. that. And also, like, I want to stop at some cool places going across country. I'm not trying to book it, you know? Like, it'd be neat to see the Grand Canyon and stuff. Oh, so are you you planning on, uh, like, taking a month off and seeing the sights or something? No, not like, like I don't know, 10, 14 days maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, because, uh, you know, when am I really going to have that opportunity again? Yeah. Yeah, that'll be cool. So, but, like, I can't do that if I'm, like, um, you know, the Clampets, you know, like Beverly Hillbillies. You mean having a lot of money? <laughs> you know, that's the fucking premise of that show, right? Is that they struck I... gold? Black gold, that is. That's racist, Samuel. But it's from the fucking theme song. <laughs> no, I know. I'm sure that uh, show, in retrospect, was very racist. I don't really remember I, it I well have to assume that it was, yes. But, um, no, I mean, I mean, like, piled high with boxes and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be rough. You can't even, like, buy mementos, because there'll be no place to put them. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Unless I want to put them in nature's pocket. <sighs> Talking about my butt. Yep, Three thanks, stacks. buddy. Thanks, champ. Did you really hear the noise she made? Yeah, Okay. Sure did. Hopefully the mic picked it up then. <laughs> uh, so... So when are you heading out? I feel like I ask you this every week and I keep forgetting. Yeah. My last day of work is April 7th. My last day in the apartment is April 17th. Okay. So theoretically, if we totally meant to mail out wedding invitations this weekend, but are probably not going to get them out until Monday, that'll get to you by then, right? Probably. I would assume so. All right. Cool. (laughs) It It should serve as a surprise that you were invited to our wedding, given the fact that you're the best man. Right, yeah. I w- it would be weird if I wasn't invited. Yeah. yeah. If you weren't. That's, well, that's called use of the subjunctive mood. Well, you put me in a displeased mood. Yeah. One yeah. of my favorite things to do at work is correct my boss's <laughs> grammar in the middle of meetings. 
That dude doesn't has not heard of the word whom. Uh, fair dues. I don't even know who to send this to. Whom? I don't know who whom? to send it to either. But whom I know whom to, to send it to. Whom to send it to? And and whom. I'll and I'll interrupt him. And I'll think I'm suggesting someone to send it to. And actually, I'm telling him that he should have said whom. And uh, <laughs> then he sends it to me. And then I have to do it. Sweet prank, dog. Yeah. I'm the you winner. Oh, Speaking dear. of sweet pranks, did you do any uh, April Fool one? Uh, I... Not really, no. I don't think I... Well, a little bit, but not really. So it was Becca's birthday recently. And so to celebrate her birthday, we went to uh, the Finnish country hot tubs and spas. And we rented a hot tub for an hour. Finnish? Like from Finland? No, I mean I finished in the hot tub. Uh? uh what? No. <laughs> yeah, like from Finland. Okay. So it's it's like this big, it's like a big wooden bowl, you know, but like filled with delicious hot water. And Actually the, uh, delicious? Yeah, like they put stevia in it. Oh, I, I thought you meant because you made it a little salty. But um, so we we rented a hot tub for an hour, and uh, the sweet prank I pulled was sneaking booze in there when you totally aren't supposed to sneak booze in there. Nice. Pranked you, hot tub place. Sweet pranks. My guess is they just assume people will do that, despite the fact that they're not supposed to. Well, it's weird. I mean, I guess it's for health reasons, um, because they do serve food and beverages there, but they don't serve any alcohol. I my guess is. Yeah, isn't it like the heat combined with like something about your liver and alcohol? Yeah, I don't know. Or is it like the you think you'll fall asleep and die? Makes you get trashed, and then yeah, you drown. Did you get trashed and drown? Well, I didn't drown. Nice. Yeah, I thought it was really funny. They had like one of the old-fashioned life preservers, like hanging above the hot tub. You know, like the the red and white striped like round thing. Oh yeah, like uh, Gilligan's Island shit. Yeah, and it's like, okay, I get that you're worried about people drowning, but this thing is literally six feet across. Like, I could just lift somebody up and out of the pool rather than giving them the life preserver. Right. It was very silly. I wonder if that is, uh, if there's just some law that's meant to apply to swimming pools. Oh, like they just have to have it around? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I did not think of that. A lot of laws are written in ways that don't consider all circumstances and end up being stupid. Yeah. We we ran into some stupid laws when we were talking about um, the fight over Crowlers seven, several months back. Come and take and, them. Um, yeah, come and take them. Well, now there's something else for the government to come and take. It's a reusable Crowler. So previously, Crowlers were basically like big-ass cans. And once you pop that top, you cannot stop or your beer will go flat. But uh, they made new Crowlers that... You can, you can like, open it up with a little twist, and you can close it back up with a little twist. And so you don't have to drink all your beer right away. And I think this is really going to make growlers take off. I, I, I really think they're going to challenge glass growlers because of this invention. I mean, I think just the fact that you can grab 30 ounces of Founders All Day IPA and take it to certain very cool pools that you totally <laughs> would not be able to take a growler to... That's huge. Yeah. There are places you can take aluminum that you can't take glass. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a point that I didn't even think of. Yeah. And just, like, it's it's much lighter. It's much more robust. You know, I'm not worried about dropping my crowler. I would right. be worried about dropping my growler. Yeah. 
I think yeah. I think freshness is an aspect to be considered. I don't know how fresh you'd be able to keep stuff in a crowler, but I know that if you get something growled, like you have to drink that in a few days or else it's flat and shitty. I would imagine it's the same thing. But like I can drink a crowler in two days, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, you ain't no bitch after right. all. Sure. Of course. In theory. But uh, <laughs> in theory, we assume that I ain't no bitch. But I think I think this is a big step up in the Crowler game, and uh, it's brought to us by our friends at Oscar Blues, in fact. Well, they're the kings of cans, so yeah. I'm not surprised that this is their doing. Yeah, so they've been wor- working with somebody, uh, I can't remember who, oh, Dayton Systems Group, and, and they are the ones who have produced this resealable Crowler, and apparently it's coming to all 50 states, too, so look out, everybody. So I, I wonder if the fact that it's resealable changes anything in terms of in terms of the laws. Like I feel like a lot of the places, specifically in in Texas, which we reported on the most, I think a lot of the reason for them being outlawed was the idea that they don't want to encourage people to binge drink, thinking right. this isn't resealable. You have to drink it all at once. It's practically a pitcher in a can, but. If you say, actually, you can reseal it now all of a sudden, do all of those, perhaps not the worries, but at least the legal precedences, do those get washed away? Well, I am no judge, but uh, I would think so. I'll allow it. (laughs) Okay. Ain't no rule that says a dog can't play basketball. (laughs) Thank you, Samuel. Uh, I don't know. I I think so, because now you can say, whoa, there's no reason... For us to drink a whole crowler. I could have one sip of this crowler and crowl it back up. And I'm sure that the legal entities that are opposed to this will come up with some other reason. But Probably. at the very least, this is forcing them to, you know, drum up some other bullshit reason. Right, right. So Like I'm, when I call the cops on the shoplifters at my store, I'm just forcing them to run away. I know the cops aren't going to catch them. <laughs> yeah, the cops are probably just like, can we just have someone drive by? To, like, look like we're looking or something. That, that is 100% what happens. Really? That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the last time I called one of the police officers, he came by and he's like, so, uh, so what do you want me to do? And I was like, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, don't you have a, don't you have a procedure for this? Aren't you a, a trained officer? Don't, don't, doesn't someone have to fill out a form or something? A crime happened. <laughs> so, uh, so what do you want me to do? I don't know. Go eat more donuts, I guess. Is it, and so, when you call the cops on shoplifters, I feel like most shoplifting is done via stealth. Is this yeah. a situation where someone thinks they're sneaky, but they're not? Or is this like someone runs in, grabs a pair of pants that ten people have owned before, and just runs out the door? No, so here's what happens. So, um, the people who, who truly have their sneak skill up, I presume just get away, you know? You're just assuming that people are stealing on your watch, and that is life. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't be there 100% of the time. You're not you a know? security guard. Right, I'm not an Argus, I don't have 100 eyes. I try my best, but um, I catch people, you know, every once in a while, and I'm like, look, I know you've got clothes under your clothes. And 50% of the time, they just get really embarrassed and give me the clothes back. And the other 50% of the time, they say, no, I don't, and just walk out the store. And there's no percentage where they go, okay, but I like these clothes. Can I just buy them, though? 
No. That never. That has not once happened to I me. I feel like that's the cleaner play if you get caught. I think they're just so embarrassed that they got caught, they want to bounce. And I guess if you're in such a state financially that you're stealing from a thrift shop, you don't have <laughs> right, the right. $6 to drop on those 1000 t-shirts. Yeah, those are $2 shorts, my man. Can't but um, it really it blows my mind every time when people are just like, no, and walk out the door. You know? And uh, so that's when I call the cops, and they, they never catch them. Right. I wonder if you, legally speaking... If you tased them. Oh, I'm not allowed to do that. Is that specifically a thing? Yeah. There's a law. I don't know. It's at least in California. I don't know if it's in other states. But, like, you can't – if you, like, restrained a kid – like, a, a shoplifter, you'd basically be kidnapping because you're not, like, a legal agent. So even if you, for instance, saw someone stealing something, leapt over the counter, stood in front of them in the front door – and then put your hand on their forehead so they did that thing in cartoons where they keep running right. but don't go anywhere, yeah. you are not allowed to do that. Right, because I don't have any legal authority pre- to prevent people from, like, moving around because I'm not a, I'm not a law enforcement agent. Uh, could you draw a sample of their blood so you'd have DNA? DNA? I, I don't know. That's... Hmm. <laughs> Let me answer that question for you. No, you can't stab someone with a syringe. You can go, but I'm getting that blood. <laughs> I guess you could just get a lock of their hair. That'd probably be a little easier. Right, sure. Or just, like, cut them to pieces, whatever. Yeah, just, like, you know, throw them in a freezer. Yeah, make them my gimp. <laughs> Turn them into chili, whatever. You know, the sure. basics. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, they're a, they're a mammal, so you wouldn't eat them. No, no, I wouldn't. And that's the yeah. only reason. No, I would make them into luggage, though. Oh, what, like leather? Like person leather? Absolutely. Okay. But yeah, anyway, I don't even know how we got here. I think we've also done all of our articles. Should we just wrap this up? Can we do? Can we talk one thing before we wrap the show up? Oh, man, talking some more to my best friend, I don't think I can handle I it. I am a real grade-A asshole. <laughs> uh, so we're right here, sitting, sitting pretty in episode 193. Okay. Which means episode 200, just around the corner. Ooh. That'll drop in late May. Okay. I feel like we need something to do to commemorate EP 200. And so I've had a couple of ideas. Let me run them by you and explain to you why they're bad. (laughs) Great. Uh, My first one is to just steal from ourselves what we did in episode 100, which I know it was two years ago, but everyone just had two beers. But the thing is about the show that the least interesting part is are describing the beers we're drinking. It's not relatable sure. because the listener is not drinking that beer, and which is right. why, you know, we try and make it concise and try and be descriptive to a point where people can imagine what it might taste like. But on a on an episode where we each have two beers, we each describe two beers. So that's more of the episode that's not interesting. Right. We're letting people down twice as much. Exactly. Another idea I had was just, you know, we usually have a three-man show. Sometimes we have a four-man show. It gets a little wacky. What if we had, like... An eight-man show. (laughs) But the thing is, then we're going back to the issue from thing one, where there are eight people introducing eight different beers. Uh And also, obviously, the degree of overtalk would be insane. Just incredible. Yeah. So another one, which is kind of based on that, that Three Stacks stumbled upon, was a four-man show where the four men that are selected are very key. The two people who tend to dominate this show are Jed and Zach, who I don't think have ever been on an episode together. Oh, boy. So you and me and Jed and Zach was the pitch. Just because that would be crazy 
and we would never get anything done. I don't even know that if we would, would be prep a rollicking episode. I don't even know if we would prep articles for that. <laughs> right, right. But we have some time. Not a whole lot of time, because, you know, if it's a complicated idea, I need some time to get it together. But uh, could you noodle on an EP200 pitch for me? I would love to. I'll let that stir around in the old brain bucket. Okay, great. Because it's, uh, it's fast approaching, you know? Uh, yeah, it's a, and it's a big day. It's a big day for a couple of big, big boys. <laughs> Are you calling me fat? I'm calling me fat. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, let's wrap these up. Okay, great. I will start. Okie dokie. Yeah. So I had Mad River Brewing Company's Tropical, a tropical IPA, 7.8% ABV. I think I said at first that I thought it was more like a pale ale, but as it warmed, it got kind of more bold, stronger flavors, more like um, an American pale. It was certainly dark like an American pale ale, too. So I really think that's the proper category for this beer. I really didn't think it was very tropical. It kind of tasted... I mean, there was there was definitely a hop profile in there, and maybe like some of that raisiny taste, you know, that you sometimes get, yeah. which does remind me of of the tropics. Um, Makes me think barley but, wine, which is not the most tropical of beers. No, and no, not not really. And so, you know, it was like fine. I could drink it. I could get reasonably drunk on it, but it's it's just it's off style. So for that, I think I'm going to give it. Uh, I'll give it a four six, and I don't I don't recommend it to anybody. I mean, if you want those raisin flavors, drink a barley wine. If you really want a tropical IPA, go elsewhere. Yeah, drink that new uh, tropical torpedo that Sierra Nevada put out. There's really no reason to drink this. I'm sorry, Sham. Eh, you know it's okay. Mad River Brewing Company is not my favorite local brewery, but it is nice to see them at least trying something new, uh, even if they didn't quite nail it. I mean, it sounds like they had elements of what they were going for at least sure sure and maybe maybe uh if they tweak this recipe a little they can get there but right now there's they have better options and there are better beers in this style that you could buy so well i had elysian space dust ipa uh which sounds like as compared to yours a complete triumph of an india pale ale (laughs) which still wasn't that interesting it's good it's just a well-executed uh, a little bit of citrus, a little bit of piney type hop IPA. I would give it a 7-1. And I would say if you're at a bar and you want an IPA and uh, this is one of them and you haven't tried it, yeah, go for it. It's good. But don't go out of your way for it. Don't lose your shit over it. It's just like, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Do you like IPAs? Try this well-produced IPA. Yeah, it's not complicated. Right. Mad River Brewing Company. Get it it's together. not that complicated. Come on. Yeah. Do you know what you'll be having next week? Oh, yeah. I'm trying to remember. It's on the tip of my tongue. It's either... comes in either can or a bottle. It's somewhere either in single or double digit ABV. I'm trying to remember. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's just like that. I Like, I'm having... A, you know, it's uh, it's one of those. One of those ones. Okay. All right. Cool. Sweet. So it's, it's a beer. You're having a beer. It might be a mead, come to think of it. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> All right, well, tune in for Sam's mystery beverage. And, of course, if you have anything to say, you can email us at BrewsdayTuesdayPodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at BrewsdayTuesday, or you can comment on our links at BrewsDayTuesday.com. Don't let the bastards keep you down. See everybody in seven days. Bye. 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 Sorry, that was uh, that was Jacques, who uh, just broke his silence. <laughs> there at the end, to say Fuck goodbye to everyone. Whoa. Catch all your tears. 
Quick drink the remedy, forget about your problems Here comes a shot, lose all your thoughts Drink the remedy, forget about your problems This one's on me, fix you for free Drink the remedy, forget about everything This one's on me, got what you need And take your medicine